listeners. This is Dr. Eric Spann from the What's Up Doc podcast. Today we're going to deal with a little bit of the theological with something I'm going to title Living Our Bumper Stickers and Our Facebook Profiles. I have been reading First John and I've also been doing some soul searching. So this is going to be a little bit confessional and hopefully motivational for some of you. Many of you know, if you've been listening, that I've been convicted lately about this natural desire to fight back against the insanities that we see in our country. I've begun to even interview and to publicize the comments of those who are living out their convictions for the sake of others and who know much more about the realities of some of these situations than I do. And I've come a long way over the last five months. Uh, I've had people in my family and co-workers notice kind of a melting away of my former anger and passions and having had a more loving spirit and what I've named some planned dramatic underreaction. But for example, even this week, I've noticed that I can no longer watch professional sports because of this patriotic zeal and fury that starts to rise in my chest when I see men refuse to stand for the national anthem. These are men for whom our flag and anthem symbolize what has allowed them from whatever race, station, background, or even other nation to rise to the status of sports hero in the situation of multimillionaire, maybe not even realizing how many died under the banner of that flag and the heartening of that anthem that they won't stand for. In every conflict from the Civil War to the present, the very things that allow them to kneel and disrespect that flag and anthem today, it very literally has made me nauseous, and I don't feel apologetic for that. And even as I say this, I find that old passion and indignation rising in my breast. I have been so frustrated that even traditional amusements and random viruses have become politicized. But I digress. Um, I looked at my Facebook profile recently, and I noticed something. That it says, A son of the living God, a trophy of His grace, and proof that He can make small things useful. I was convicted recently as I looked at that, that maybe my zealous and snide comments about COVID-19 suspicions and fears, Black Lives Matter protests and the riots that went along with that, whether they were connected directly or indirectly, uh, the, the hatred for police and the president uh, by some, uh, the insanity of politics and the toxic partisanship in Washington. Um, these were all, I wondered, were, were they consistent with my banner? So I wondered if some of my posts, even from great satire sites like the Babylon Bee or uh, some things that from time to time enjoy, like the Hodge Twins that I would share, poking fun at liberals and millennials from time to time, I wondered if that was helpful or had it even hurt some people. And I especially wondered if it showed any love at all. What I had to confess to myself and about my own nature uh, and my statements was that they, they made me feel ashamed of myself. I had put more passion at times into politics and my love for the traditions of my country and temporal things than love for the lives of those God had put around me and in front of me every day. I had been offensive to those I hadn't even realized and hadn't really cared about others and my Lord as much as getting my opinions out. And thankfully, two loving men who live what they preach got messages to me unbeknownst to them that just cut me to the heart. So I have a story for you. 
A driver with a tailgater riding his bumper saw a yellow light up ahead. But he did the right thing, even though he could have been beaten. So I have a story for you. A driver with a tailgater riding his bumper saw a yellow light up ahead. But he did the right thing, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman behind him went ballistic, pounding on her horn and screaming in frustration as she had missed her chance to drive through the intersection with him and her makeup and uh, other things spilled into the floor. Still in mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up in the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit the car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a cell. After a couple of hours, the policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, ma'am, I'm awfully sorry for this mistake. He said, you see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you, and cursing a blue streak at him. And I noticed the Choose Life license plate holder and the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker and the Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker on the other side and the chrome-plated Jesus fish emblem on the trunk. Naturally, I'd assumed that you had stolen the car. <laughs> now, for all of those of you who have listened to our podcast concerning COVID-19 and scientific analyses, please understand that I'm first and foremost an evangelical Christian and a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has changed my life, marriage, health, home, fatherhood, profession, and very literally made something out of nothing. And please realize that I've taught an average of two lessons a week for over 30 years, and there are about 50,000 words a week and many deep thoughts for which there has been no outlet or release routinely. So I started doing these podcasts. So I need you to understand that to start with. But back to First John. By the way, I'm reminded that the words of this book were the very first verses of the Bible that I ever heard on my mother's knee at about three years of age, and they're still precious to me. Well, I'm in chapter 4, and I noticed a theme that is so very relevant right now. I find from verses 7 through 21, love mentioned 26 times or more. I think this passage, more than any other place in the Bible, concentrates our focus on and challenges us to assess whether we are in the faith, and it uses our love as the crucible to test that. I know that what I've done in response to all of this is decreasing my news and media consumption about 95% beyond the important news and issues of our local area and region, and those I've increased about threefold from usual. I've gotten rid of most of the notifications on my iPhone that interrupt my day and take me away from the important tasks and people right in front of me, and I'm focusing more on eternity my own and those for which I'm made responsible to model that. I'm checking up on my neighbors and church members more and bringing up politics and contentious societal issues almost never. And when I do, trying to understand and sympathize with the person I'm talking to while refocusing the issue to productive and proximate things and even using those current issues as a format to share the good news. I've had the privilege to minister, for example, to an atheist and a skeptic this week. And what was amazing was we left each other's company smiling and looking forward to our next meeting. And only the love of God can do that. That's not within the power, certainly, of me and my own nature. For all men, there's a message in this chapter that's so desperately needed today. 
for those who rage against the system and for those of us who fear that we're going to lose our country. And that is in verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Folks, so much of the heat right now on both sides of all of these issues is just due to fear regarding temporal politics and policies. And only the eternal love of God can salve that burn. If all that we put in our minds is suspicion, anger, fear, reactionary backlash, and things like that, that's what's going to pour out of us. If all that we read and digest are things that agree with our worldview and our biases, and the only people that we fellowship with are people who are like us, we are never going to grow. And as I've shared with the audience once before, what the Bible does not say is that the fruit of the Spirit is hatefulness, anger, fretfulness, impatience, harshness, suspicion, boldness, and instability. So I have a question for you. Are the current crises making you bitter, or are they making you better? When will, in our lives, a loving spirit, caring for others, a focus on eternity of the people right in front of us, show more clearly and powerful than right now? Maybe never. I know for me, and maybe for many of you who are listening, what we need to demonstrate to a fearful and hungry world is practicing what we preach. Now, I hope that this has blessed and served you. And I'll have a COVID update within 24 hours, I hope. So stay tuned in the upcoming weeks for more interviews. One, I'm hoping with my wife about effective homeschooling that creates an educated mind. And then a third installment on Christians and conspiracy theories, which I hope to wrap up within the next couple of weeks. And now, as Andy Griffith told Opie once, now go out there and act like somebody. Thanks for listening. I'll be with you soon.